0: Hi everyone, this is Tony Tonkin. Thanks for listening to the Kids Matter podcast. If you like these podcasts and wish to support us in the work we are doing, then I invite you to log in to patreon.com slash childprotectionparty and support us for as little as $1 a month. Also, share our podcast with your friends and associates so we can reach more people and have more people connecting with us so we can improve outcomes for kids. This is a movement and you are an important part of it hi everybody and welcome to kids matter it's fabulous to be able to join us today to have this conversation about things that matter to us and matter to our kids so one of the issues that we're going to be talking about and a primary issue given the rate of infection within this country and around the world of course we're going to talk about coronavirus and how that particularly impacts children so let's get underway let's talk about the topic of the day the topic of the week the topic of the month and probably the topic for the rest of our lives was how we coped with coronavirus covid 19 and how we managed to live through and survive through this very awkward and difficult time i guess one of the things that we need to be talking about particularly because this is about kids matter is about how kids are responding to and feeling about all the things that we associate with this particular virus and its general impact on parents their work their community uh, kids interaction with other children the types of conversations that children are having with other kids and uh, i guess that changes as a kid gets um, (coughs) you know i guess a three and a four year old isn't having much of a conversation around all of this however they might be stuck at home with their parents and then there are of course the older kids who are talking to each other about how life has changed for them because their parents are limiting the amount of contact that they may be normally having with their friends. And for those of those kids that are not at school, particularly for them, this would be a extremely challenging, challenging time. So we need to be mindful of all of this because um, the way kids respond to this is going to be, uh, well, it's going to impact the way we as parents are dealing with the issues that the kids are creating. I notice myself that i become a bit um, cabin feverish during this particular time and I know that uh, it creates for me a sense of having to be out and having to speak to people. My life is spent with conversations with people and now those conversations are primarily over the phone and where possible through Skype or Zoom but I know that 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 physical contact uh, and meeting people is really important and i keep mentioning this in all of my feeds the most impacted of course is my golf game which is uh disappointing Um, and i'm a bit i won't dare i dare say it a bit resentful that uh, this coming friday i'm not even able to play golf i had to book a game uh, a couple of weeks in advance because they're now because of social distancing You have to book in to start with and booking in means that you have to wait for a 20 minute tee-off time so there you go I'm suffering as well even at that level so our sport is affected Uh, one of my greatest disappointments is that I can't watch the football at the moment uh, primarily because um, there isn't any and uh, if I want to watch anything at all it has to be a replay Um, you know and I was thinking about just unsubscribing to KO but then I realised that there are all these other games that I could watch. So it's a bit like reminiscing the past to watch old games being played and uh, still enjoying the moment, even though I know what the outcome is. Still enjoying uh, the football, regardless of what seems uh, seems to be happening in reality. So we all can still be doing things that are engaging our desires and our likes, I guess. Uh, but we're having to do them a wee bit differently than we have before. So, how's this impacting kids? Well, my understanding is that, uh, particularly in the child protection space, uh, the contact with parents is just, um, has almost been eradicated. Uh, children as young as five, five months, uh, are able to have contact with their kids, the, par- the kids are able to have contact with their parents. Via FaceTime, I can't see what the value of that is because the kid, you know, isn't able to use FaceTime. So when I told, I guess they can still hear the voice of their parents, and I guess that's important. Then how does that impact the parents, particularly if a young child that's no longer in their care, or at this particular point of time, anyway, isn't in their care? What's that like for the parent to have to have little and limited contact, no tactile contact? What is that particularly like for the parent? well it's distressing i think and uh it's I, I wonder whether it's a a sad product of the coronavirus or or whether it's something being used by the department in order to um i don't know make their work easier maybe i'm not 100 percent sure exactly what the motive is in many occasions um or You know, why isn't it that we can't test to see whether uh, parents uh, have got the virus or, you know, are we testing enough to make sure that carers don't have the virus? Are we we concerned enough to make sure that workers don't have the virus? So if if there's a requirement for testing at all, particularly within the child protection area, I think there probably is, there's probably a good argument. That all those people that have contact with kids should be tested, but I can appreciate that um, that you could be tested and then you know later on you could contract the virus by meeting up with someone I guess who has the virus or getting in contact with the virus through some other method I guess. Um, so we don't know. We we really don't know how it is that we can best manage this particular problem under these circumstances. Um, but to disengaged parents and perhaps to not understand what it is like to cause parents to be disengaged under these circumstances is a real concern to those of us in this particular field. So I'm hoping that we could move through this as quickly as we can, get to the other end and that the Department will at least understand the stress that this has created for all concerned and is able to build some sort of connectivity process whether that be two or three times a week if you're only speaking to your kid every second week or once once a month then maybe you could decide to uh, encourage parents or not you wouldn't have to encourage them very much i guess but at least to put programs in place where the department went out of their way to have further uh, further contact between the parent and the child to make up for the lost time that the parents would have had with the child and child with the parent. so I think this is something that we all need to be thinking a little bit more about when we come to the end of this process and it's something that is of concern uh, to Child Protection Party and to me in particular because I'm getting a heaps of phone calls from people saying you know I no longer can have access to my kid uh, I can only do it via phone or I can do it via FaceTime or I can do it by um <coughs> some other streaming method but they're distressed because they need to have that contact with their children we all need to have that contact with our kids and and not to have it is disadvantaging everybody so we might we need to find other ways to get it. yeah the thing that concerns me the most i guess is that families families generally um, will have their kids, they live with their kids they, you know, the kids go out, the kids go to school you know, who knows what the kids are like to bring home with them but they're still going to school um, they still go out I guess and meet up with friends and they go down to, probably shouldn't be but they probably go down to um, shopping centres and other places and maybe meet up with, with their friends but for kids in care what are they doing? I know that kids in residential care are generally struggling with staying within the resi care centre anyway. I mean, no matter what's happening, the the kids in resi care centres find ways to break out from those places and go and visit their friends and others and uh, generally just go out and do whatever they need to do. But under these circumstances, how are we going to control rebellious, angry, frustrated children uh, who are, you know, raised from, I guess, any age from, say, 8 to 18, how are we going to control them so that they behave appropriately? Um, I had a had a case recently where a couple of kids turned up to their parents' place, the kids are in rescue care, and the kids were really angry. Um, and, you know, I understand the reasons why they're angry. They're angry because they're taken from their parents in the first place. They're angry because the system tries to control them and they don't want to be controlled. And I guess they're even angrier these days because of the coronavirus and the implications associated with the stress and anxiety about contracting this virus. And even though I understand that a lot of kids probably think that they're pretty um, protected against or, or that this sort of problem will never, they will never encounter, that their life just goes on for them. I think there are probably some kids who are feeling the pressure from what society offers, from the news, from what their parents are saying, from what the department's telling them. They're feeling resentful, I guess, that this system has imposed another sense of restraint and that they don't know what to do with that. They they don't a lot of these kids are poor at articulating their feelings and they fight struggle to try and find ways to express it appropriately. They often express it in anger. And I had a couple of kids really, really attack their parents over this um, and said some terrible things that they wouldn't normally say. They were completely out of character for these kids, for one of them in particular, to be able to to say to the parent. And I was wondering to what extent are these kids feeling so distraught, uh, so resentful, so angry, that they would say hurtful and harmful things now I know that people often say hurtful and harmful things because they're hurting inside and they just want to hurt somebody else and the person that often they choose to hurt is the person that loves them the most namely their partner or their family or their siblings so what would encourage these p- children to do this well I guess they're really really angry And I guess things aren't working out for them as they would have liked before all of this. Now that COVID-19's on the playing field, they probably feel more and more resentful. Because maybe to them, the environments that they're living in, in terms of residential care, are not safe environments anyway for them. Maybe they would feel they would be safer with their parents. Um, Maybe they believe that it is an injustice for them to be placed where they are given the current circumstances and because I guess they just feel unsafe we don't know and the other thing too is you know what conversations can we generally have with these kids I mean I'm surmising all of this I don't know for certain whether this is the reason that kids are behaving the way that they are Um, I don't even know whether a lot of kids are behaving this way I've only had a few anecdotal examples, but my guess would be that there are a lot of kids who are wrestling with what's happening and filled with fear and anxiety about what this pandemic means to them and how, to some extent, it may have even restricted their activities. So I think this is something we all need to consider. Um, I'm wondering who's doing who's doing a survey amongst these children to find out what actually is happening to them. I would like to think that the powers that be and the government in particular are taking some action around what is happening for these kids and that they're actually working towards developing a sense of what needs to be done to help them. You know, are they putting in more social work or psychology services for these kids within these residential care facilities to help them manage and understand what's happening for them. Do they... You know, and and the disappointing thing is that they very rarely build a relationship with these children at a level that would help us or help the kids in the first instance. So now it's less likely that they're building those sorts of uh, encompassing uh, services that would help the kids now if they weren't there before i can guarantee you that they're not going to be there now probably at a time when they really do need to be present and available to these kids so let's see what's happening let's see what let's see how the department chooses to respond around these children and and i wonder if you if you ask yourself those of you that have got kids, um, and kids aren't necessarily in care, how are you dealing with what's happening for your children? What sort of attention are you paying to what's happening to them? So how are you focusing on where COVID-19 and the change in our environment is actually impacting them? I'd be really interested to hear your particular views on this and what you're doing and in order to, to help us answer any of this wherever you're listening to this podcast uh, you can always contact the child protection party's facebook page and make some comments there because this this will be on that page um, but let us know what are your experiences if you've got kids in care what's your experience with regard to those children and how your children how they're they're responding to this pandemic we'd be most interested to know. Also, what are you noticing the department doing in relation to mitigating against the decisions that uh, policymakers are now making in relation to COVID-19? How, you know, it interests me that in the past, these kids have never been listened to anyway. No one seems to care about them. They're kind of like an underclass no reason of their own but they're treated badly they're disregarded they're thrown onto the junk heap they're ignored their views of the world are not important even though I find many of these kids extremely articulate Um, and we don't seem to care for them so how are we caring for them now what are we doing that's different are we concerned about how these kids are responding to this pandemic you know as as a parent we all should be concerned about how our children are responding um, i've got all my kids are growing up but i'm still concerned about how they're responding and how they feel And we stay in contact with them and we have countless conversations about how they what they're doing um how their organizations that they work for are responding how they feel about what is happening um you know i've got a grandson who's in child care so you know what's happening around child care for him so i'm concerned i'm i'm concerned for myself and for my wife as well i'm concerned about how i'm processing all of this and what is it like for me when i go out to the shops and have to do some shopping and I'm so conscious of all the people that are around me for fear that you know someone might cough on me or someone might be carrying the virus and somehow I get infected Um, you know and I've I listen to incessantly I shouldn't do it I know but I listen to incessantly um, news items on the virus and how that's impacting people and how terrible it is when you get it and the, the the difficulty it is to overcome there isn't a way of combating it at the moment. So we all, I think, are worrying about all of this at certain levels, some more than others. Um, Those people that are fearful of disease and uh, uh, have got an issue around uh, being contaminated by anything, by germs in general. Um, So how are those people coping at this particular time? i I wonder how the hypochondriacs of this world are responding to all of this. So I guess there's a lot that we need to be able to process just for ourselves, let alone um, other people, but just to think about how this is impacting ourselves. And if we're thinking about how this is impacting us, we should also be thinking about how this is impacting others because of the way we're behaving. So what sort of things are we saying and doing that are a reflection of how we're feeling and how are other people responding to that like what are other people noticing about you now that might be a little bit different because you're responding in an unhelpful way around the virus or you're feeling anxious and stressed and your anxiety is being expressed in certain behaviors what are we doing to to understand our own response and our own behavior and how other people may be responding around it so i think there's lots of things here that we could start to really think about and start to bed down. So it ranges from how kids responding that are in care, how uh, the department is responding with these kids in care, what we as parents whose kids are in care are noticing about them, how we ourselves are responding because of how we feel about what is happening and the restrictions placed upon us, and then what other people are noticing about the way that we're responding And whether we're asking them to tell us whether they notice any change in us. So there's just some thoughts and some ideas that perhaps you could think about. And wherever you're accessing this, if there's an opportunity to comment, please comment and let us know your response. Really great being with us. This is Kids Matter, because kids do matter. And we really appreciate you being with us today. So that I can talk to you about the things that are concerning me, because they may also be concerning you. So thanks very much for being with us.